Good evening, Bethel Radio Hour. Thanks for coming. Um, so tonight, we're continuing on with our discussion of uh, the life of Jesus. And last week, if you were here, we discussed his temptation in the desert, and there's so much more um, to go over on that. And I, I was tempted to do a continuation of that, but I, I feel like we need to finish this in the next decade. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna power through. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about Excuse Jesus um, had been baptized. He was um, called out to the wilderness to be to fast, and then he was tempted by Satan. And then he starts his uh, ministry calling his disciples. So if you have your Bible with, a, uh, with you, we're going to be in John chapter 1. And... This is a little bit more reading than what we've done um, recently, but it's John chapter 1, and this is verse, um, we'll start in verse 35. And the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, and when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means when translated as Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, and he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found, Na Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can any th good thing come from there? Nathanael asked, come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That was a lot. Thank you for enduring that. But I really love that. And I've read it again and again, a, diff a couple different translations. I don't know why I love this so much. And I think part of it is because these were just normal people doing right. normal things. Right. None of them were trained to be disciples. None of them had gone to any kind of specific scriptural, like they didn't go to Bible college. They didn't go to seminary. They were just normal guys doing in, normal things. And in that day, they could have. You know what I'm saying? It would be the equivalent of our seminary today if they would have enrolled in with the scribes. Synagogue. Right. It got in the synagogue, got under a rabbi. So, so they could have had more detailed Bible training, uh, but they chose to work their father's you know, jobs. Uh, that's, and that's what they did back in those well, days. Well, there might be something to that. We've said numerous times, like, seminary is a blessing and a curse. Sometimes it makes you so heavenly-minded, you have no earthly good. So Jesus was picking 
blank slates. In essence, he could teach them no from the beginning. Yeah, so, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, I was just thinking, how you try to picture in your mind how this transpired and the, and the details behind it, but you can see that there's a connection between these men because Andrew wanted to go and share it with his brother. So it gives you that, the idea that there was some discussions that, that maybe they had on the deck of their ship at night, you know, and I, I, I just feel like, you know, the Messiah is going to come in our day and time. And, you know, just in those quiet times where they were sharing uh, a moment together, they were maybe sharing with each other. So Andrew went to his brother, Peter, and then he went to Philip. Philip went to Nathaniel. You can almost, you almost wonder if they weren't having those moments where they were sitting around a campfire on the beach together and saying, you know, you know I've heard the rabbi say that the uh, Messiah is going to be a carpenter, or, you know, is going to come from a virgin, or just ta have those discussions, intimate discussions at night, and then, for for instance, for Andrew to show up at Philip's door and say, hey, remember what we were talking about the other night? Well, you know, we found the Messiah. Be, this yeah. is absolutely pre-resurrection, but could that in our day we would believe the spirit would be wooing you you know like sure so do you think that happened in that time could have happened in that time like they could have been getting them promptings well i mean i think i think to assume that these men were ignorant of spiritual things i think that would be a wrong assumption i believe as gavin is saying that these men very much because even though israel struggled what they had not totally lost was teaching their children the ways of God. And so these men were raised looking for the Messiah. They were raised waiting for that to happen. And we've been talking about that leading right. all the way up to this. Like there, Everything about what has happened so far in the life of Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament. We've even said, weren't people kind of waiting when, when yeah. the star appeared, when there was this virgin birth when there was uh, Bethlehem he would be born in Bethlehem people had to have that had to create talk and then you've got these wise men saying we saw his star in the east who is this child that has been born king that had to create some talk there had to be people thinking like maybe this messiah is here we just have to find him and and all of these guys know that he's not going to show up till he's 30 years old they know that because they know their custom they know that he will not be followed, he will not be accepted. He, it, it's just not going to work, you know. Uh, and in our society, of course, we've went the other direction, you know. And I'm not saying this is anything against what we're doing. I'm just saying that these days, gray hair is kind of a knock. <laughs> you know, back then it wasn't. On, it was turned on its head. Yeah. Uh, they were discriminatory against younger people uh, and the such. And, and certainly that's not good on, on any level. Uh, but but my point is is that they it was almost like they were watching their sundial, you know he he should be showing Any up around now. It, yeah. uh, it's another conversation because it's a rabbit hole. But like we talked about, wouldn't he have had an entourage? You know. So what about the twenty nine year old Jesus? With people like oh that's not him yet. You know there what wasn't there still people that would have known him and followed him through those twenty nine almost thirty years that when the wise men said this is him. Wouldn't you still think it was him when he was 10, still think it was him when he was 15? There had to be or? people that, that we, we talked about they didn't accept it till he was in his 30s. Well, but. Who was it that sent us the, the video? Was that you about uh, the, the man that was the uh, husband uh, of the end, and he basically ended up losing it? And it was all conjecture. 
but that he lost his wife and he lost his kid because when they came to kill, you know, the babies, they heard that he had he stayed there. And so they figured that he knew something, and when he couldn't give any information, they killed his family and, and when he was trying to defend them. And again, this is just a story. But, but if stuff like that happened, which you can only imagine that it did and would, that guy, you know, the, the, the husband of the innkeeper type thing, that she lost her life because she was a part of the Messiah being born, uh, he, would be, he would be waiting and he would be wondering, was it worth it? Yeah. Was the loss of my wife and my child and my arm worth it? Did you not send that to me? Somebody sent that. Did you send it? Did anybody send yeah. it? Some, the Holy it, Spirit sent it. The Holy Spirit sent it. Was, um, I, didn't, I didn't know he had iPhone. But anyway, um, which oh, I'm yeah. sure he's got he the does. best. Uh, anyway, you were going to say something. Oh, no. No, that was it. So I understand, like, you know, when they're sitting on their boat and he says, follow me, that's the light bulb might go off. But wouldn't you have thought that, hey, that, that Jesus baby... He's over in Samaria right now. You know, I think he's coming this way. So. Well, so, I mean, let's just put a fine point on that. B biblically, the Spirit of God did not do what he does now, uh, you know, bef before he was sent on the day of Pentecost. Right. Did he work? Absolutely. But he simply did not work the way he does now, which was the whole point of him coming. Right. Uh, Jesus came in the flesh and then when he left, he sent the Spirit, uh, and, and now the Spirit indwells each believer, and, and he does what he does now. Uh, but, uh, but, but that's not to say that there wasn't something, you know, or some level of the Spirit brooding over these 12 men, you know. I, I, the, spirit, the Scripture doesn't say. Right, and I know that's a rabbit hole. That's right, another. sure, sure. This, uh, if we keep it in context here, I was just trying to rack my brain here about how this would come to pass what Thomas was saying, Jesus at, at this point hadn't done any miracles, he hadn't healed yeah. anybody. Um, how would a person sign on to be his disciple if they hadn't seen that? Well, it starts in the first part of this, the, the passage that we read here. Um, it's when John the Baptist baptized him Behold. and the right. Holy Spirit came down yeah. on God and John put his finger on Jesus and said, this is the one. The Lamb so of God. maybe that was the, you know, the flare that went up. That's, yeah, because for six months he's been training his guys. Someone better than me is coming. And that's one reason why I believe, I think we talked about, it was audible. I believe people could hear oh, no God doubt. saying. Yeah, yeah the, the Trinity showed up at Jesus' baptism. Uh, the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit ascended as a dove. And, of course, Jesus is there being baptized. Larry uh, submitted an article a while back that it was this author's opinion that <clears throat> these guys were contemporaries. You know, uh, that because since from 20 to 30, Jesus was somewhere doing something. He could have been at home building tables. We, we don't know. But uh, could have repaired a boat, no could doubt. Have done to, no to doubt. Peter and the, the but the author that Larry sent was saying basically that you know it doesn't it doesn't lessen what these men did, but to try to give the caricature that this was a blind date. Hey, you guys come follow me. Uh, 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 Okay, <laughs> you know, no, because we don't know what all they. There's not much. He just says, "Come, and you right. will see," and they just follow him. And, and follow I mean, so so they're, so they're. I think that it's sensible to argue, if you will, that there probably was some level of camaraderie, some level of experience, and that you, okay. So what what does he say now? The one was obviously 
a blind situation. Uh, behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. So Nathaniel, and I always like this because I, he he's skeptical, obviously. No doubt. And, <laughs> Nazarene, and I was like, it's Nazareth? Coming from Arkansas, I, I understand that. Yeah, I know. I always feel like, you know, You're Lone, from where? Lowndale, what good thing <laughs> yeah. could come from there? I mean, that's how it's like. Lawndale, you mean? Uh, yeah. And what's what's so bad about Nazareth? Well, at the time, Nazareth was kind of a look down on, and it wasn't um, for what, it, there were some cultural things. It was the slums of the area, basically. It was the armpit of yeah. the Middle East at the time, apparently, is how uh, they would describe that but so he's thinking like well what good thing could come from there and why he described him as Jesus of Nazareth um, there's a lot of other ways that they refer to um, he called Jesus called himself the son of man but there's a lot of different terms but he chose Jesus of Nazareth and Nazareth what good, yeah. thing, good thing could come from Nazareth that come and see he says that several times to each of them um, but the modern day I guess translation of that would be watch this Right. C come watch this. Right. See for yourself. Well, and obviously, like when he calls them, they don't just sit on it. They're not like, okay. They run and tell people who right. are important to them, we found the Messiah. They didn't. They didn't wait. And even when Na whenever Nathaniel pushed back, like, oh, come on, come on, really. Right. Um, even then, he's. Philip didn't mess it up. He didn't try to get burdened down with the details, and uh, he didn't say much. Just come and see for yourself. And I think that's what we're called to do as that's Christians. Right. Well, Check and it it's out. a precursor to faith, initial promptings of the Holy Spirit. Right. They just did it. The, the, these guys are the first generation of soul winners. I mean, that's what they're doing. They, they got one to Christ, if you will, and they immediately went out and, and told their friends, neighbors, and relatives type thing. Um, one thing that we, let's don't miss here in verse 47 um, that is a direct uh, reference to the father of Israel, Jacob, because Jacob had guile. Jacob was a deceiver. His name meant supplanter. Uh, he was a trickster. He was a liar and all those things. And when he got right with God and God made a nation out of him, he changed his name to Israel, which means prince with God. And so... Uh, again, all the Israelites understand their beginning. They understand their history. And so for Jesus to look at Nathaniel and say, Behold, an Israelite, so a son of a father that had guile, in whom there is no guile. Well, who, who can know that? Except, I mean, sure, you know, you're Philip and all these, they know you're a good guy. But how could he know that, that I, I work really hard to keep myself clean? I work really hard to keep myself from the world. Jesus is the only one that can know that. You know, I'll have people all the time. Go ahead. As you say, it may have been apparent in his life because maybe that was why uh, Andrew came to him or right. Philip came to him. Right. I know he, a guy that's going to want to hear about this. That's exactly right. Hear about this. Amen. Good stuff. So, and I don't want to miss this, um, but the part where at the end of this, when Jesus says, you know, Nathaniel had said, oh, well, you know, he must be the son of God. You're truly the son of God. And Jesus is like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, essentially yeah. what he says yeah. here yeah. is that you believe because I told you I saw you under the, the fig, fig tree. tree. You will see greater things than that. And what does he describe when he says, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. What is his reference there? That's Jacob again. Because when Jacob had his come to Jesus moment, he was running for his life from Esau, rightfully needed to be killed by Esau because he stole his birthright, such of that nature. And so he, he has that night of wrestling, later finds out that it's an angel, 
uh, and, and then he has a vision of seeing angels ascending and descending uh, on a ladder, you know, Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder. Uh, and, and so, you know, Jesus stays with that, basically, that, that you know, you, 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 Nathaniel, you are a holy Israelite. You have been waiting for me. Uh, you, you are ready for me. I'm here, and you're impressed that I saw you under a fig tree? Dude. <laughs> so do you think Nathaniel knew when he said that, that he was talking about Jacob's ladder? Absolutely. A every Israelite in that hearing knew, ooh, he's talking about daddy, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm getting the impression that these guys were all in a group of people who were students of the Torah, That's students right. of the Old Testament. Well, That's and right. he's saying you will see the angels ascending and descending on me. Jesus I, is saying on me. I'm the ladder. I, I'm the ladder. You will see. And he's talking about the ascension. And I had read this in a commentary um, that this was Jesus's first prediction, if you will. And he wasn't, uh, and it wasn't about his um, suffering or about mm. his death or his resurrection. His first prediction was about his I'm, ascension. I'm the bridge. I, I'm no man You'll coming to the Father. As, yeah. But by me. Amen. Good stuff. Do you think that Nathaniel did see Jesus ascend in Acts? Like, like we're in John now yeah, in Acts. Yeah, all Do of you them think except he, Judas. Did he get to see that? All so he says, you will see. You will see me. And he did see. Amen. When I first heard that, I was like, oh, mind blown. I am so blown away. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's why I love and, this so and much. Again, I, I think at this point, Jesus, I, I was told one time that it's not Jesus's. <laughs> so Jesus, apostrophe S, Full-on Godhead manhood was working now. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that he, he had full understanding of who he was, what he was, what he had to do, how he had to do it. He understood it all at 30 years of age. Uh, and so I can only imagine, because I do believe that Jesus was personable. I believe that, I believe that he could handle himself in a crowd. I believe that he could tell a joke. You know, and things of that nature. People and, liked him. It did say. Oh my goodness, I mean, yeah. He was personable. In, yeah. I believe that when he said, uh, you know, that uh, thou shalt see greater things than these. I'm sure he had a big smile on his face, maybe laughing a little bit, patting him. Say, you, you just, like hang this. on, man. Yeah, the that's very right. next chapter, we see him turning water to well, wine. Right. And his mother prompted him right. to, it's time to start. Oh, spoiler right. alert, that's next week. Okay. Yeah, start. come on, Gavin. Jeez. <laughs> Somebody's get a little teaser there. Yeah, yeah. Little teaser. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break there. Um, now we're going to move on to I'm Just Saying, our segue segment, if you will. Anybody have a really good I'm Just Saying for the week? I don't know about how good it is, but uh, mine's spiritual. Or a so. mediocre saying. Be good. <laughs> it's mediocre. The usual. Uh, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Inte brute. I'm just saying, Brother Todd brought an amazing message Sunday night. Amen. And as is normal with me, the very next day I was given an opportunity to put it to practice. So I'm just saying, if you'll listen and apply, the Lord will always give you a court to practice on. Amen. 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 And I almost fail. Every time, too. And I will, I don't know why I don't do it every day, sinner, I guess. <laughs> but when I pray, God, give me a chance to, to point to you today at work. It Always, 100% of the time happens. it happens. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, Rose to the Living, you could absolutely tell uh, Brother Todd spent time with the Lord on yes, that message. Yes, he did. It's, I, yes, he did. If Good it didn't stuff. speak to somebody in here, well, they weren't listening. Right. It was a wonderful Good message. Stuff. Um, I had an I'm just saying, if he's able to pull it up, science is catching up. It keeps coming. Uh, this is 
More than a thousand scientists descent from Darwinism. And this isn't just some random thing. These are all doctorate, theological, knowing scientists um, from Harvard, Yale. You could go with the Epic Times. Um, there was Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and uh, they said it's taking a while, of course. It kind of seems like a conspiracy for them to update their list. But now over a thousand prominent scientists in the United States say there's not enough science to back up Darwinism. As a theory, the theory of evolution is really there's just, it's just it's falling can't even apart. hold together. Yeah. It's falling apart. Together. And we actually talked about that at a teen conference. Um, the speaker had said that whenever Darwin presented his whole theory and all his evolution, what he said was, right now, I know we don't have the science to prove what I'm trying to say, but someday we're going to have the science to back up right. all what of I'm, this. We're going to find all these missing pieces. We're going to, DNA and all these things that we have yeah. now that he didn't have. And as we have discovered those things in science, it not only has not proven his theory to be correct, it has That's unraveled correct. it even more oh, to, to be To his incorrect. credit, he said that. He said that right. these are the things that would discredit my, my theory, and they have all been proven, all the well, things. All, yeah. and, and another thing in here, just with all things in life, they said there's so many more scientists that don't believe in it, but when you dissent from something that's popular, they're punished. A lot of them like climate it. change. Yeah, you know. So I think as you see this ball rolling, hopefully our children will be saying, "Hey, the hundred thousand scientists it's, finally said it's." It's you like know. bleeding. Yeah. yeah, we'll be looking back at this time like we look back on medicine a hundred years ago, where they bled people to make them better. To get the well, evil, evil humors that out. Didn't work. <laughs> no. That's how George Washington died. George Washington died. Yeah, yeah it was bled three that. times. So, so uh, did anybody go to the banquet, the Valentine's trivia night? Oh yeah. Oh, this so is a shame. Just oh, yeah. wanted to let you know. Yes, there was <laughs> some confusion. <laughs> oh. This guy is not. This next picture. Yeah, I, I said you, you a second. One? Oh, but the, that was but there was some job. confusion. They thought that this guy was there. But there, but it wasn't. Brad, when you get it, you can just put it up. But this, this is a celebrity. He was not at the the trivia That's night. That's the angry elf. <laughs> the Game of Thrones. I think Todd Todd Walters started a rumor. I would have to see you next to him to see which one's taller. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't have a shot like that. We don't have a shot like that. Just a face face shot. So anyway, we, here's here's my here's my would you rather? Oh boy. Would you rather be that height and have that hair? Nah. <laughs> nah. That I just know some good hair. Yeah, that's mean, some good hair. Paid for it you in could, life. We can buy that hair on Amazon can for like 20 really? bucks. Yeah. Well, you did <laughs> on the Valentine's <laughs> dinner. You did. I got that hair and in my Brad's closet And Brad's proof you can buy the height, too. He had six-inch shoes. <laughs> now I'm waiting patiently for yeah. this to come oh, up. The... I'm afraid to go over. <laughs> Do you have it, Brad? All right, okay. no, no sweat. Do you have Waiting, an, I'm just saying? Like, mine is just really weak, but it's just so true. I'm just saying, I could eat cereal three meals a day and be totally happy. I require, I mean, really, mainly life cereal is my favorite, and I like um, the generic frosted mini weeds are my two favorite cereals. I know. That's depressing. Is, that, is it sad? Is that sad? I mean, Captain Crunch. I, I mean, know. Captain Crunch. That film on yeah. the top of your mouth. I love that Fruity film. Pebbles and Captain. It's like you got <laughs> to scratch any it any off kind of the top. It's all the that. hydrogenated that's, oils. That's as bad as my it. watching Wheel of Fortune on Friday. Right? <laughs> oh. you love Life cereal. Life cereal. You know what? A bowl of sadness. It's a bowl of sadness. that bad. Oh, you know, they did, I thought record, salads every night was sad. <laughs> That's terrible. There's a study on rats, and the rats that <laughs> ate life cereal actually did live longer. 
That, but that's, that's from that's the internet. That too. may not. I'm be sorry. Good. I'm not basing my life on some a bunch of rats decided this is good stuff. They, they were hoping you. there was something better. If we just keep yeah, eating, they're yeah, gonna give us something, something soon. Tara's just laying layer of sadness on layer of sadness. Yeah, you read a but study rats about rats. Like it. That ate that, life that's her defense. Cereal. That was her defense. Rats <laughs> like it. Rats so. like it. It's pretty good. When's the last time you had live cereal? Were you a kid? It only took once. I used to like King. <laughs> you remember King Vitamin? I'm thrilled that you like it. Don't get me wrong. Crowd. I'm thrilled. That was like the wick. Oh, boy. That was good, Tara. Well, <laughs> that wasn't lame at all. I know. Well, that's what I had in a, not even in a bowl. It was in a coffee mug. <laughs> My Bethel coffee mug, in fact, is well, what I had what right before it. I came here. It is spiritual. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I, I do like a good bowl of cereal. Life. That's all I need. If I didn't have a family to feed, I would only, I'd be like Seinfeld. I would only own cereal. That would be it. All right. Are we moving on? Are we not going to? Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll have to save that. Just put it up there when you get we'll it. Save it. No, we will, we'll we'll we save it for would you rather. All right. That's fine. We'll save it. Um, this next topic, and I don't really know how to word it other than um, in Matthew chapter 24, and I'm not going to read all this because you've already heard me read several verses tonight. Not that that's bad. No. Um, but in Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus is talking about being watchful, uh, being watchful for his return. And he's talking about, um, and as it was in the days of Noah, um, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be uh, at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other one left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Um, I hadn't read that in a very, very long time. Um, and it just made me think, as Christians, how would we be different uh, towards our coworkers, our family members? Um, how would we be different with our relationship with Jesus if we lived all the time thinking, like, we don't know the hour. The hour could be this hour. It could, it's, it could be here any time. And I guess we were discussing that society is at such a tipping point. Like, it's at a point where, like in the days of Noah, it, it can't be. And I almost felt like, as we were talking about when Jesus called the disciples, and were the disciples waiting like this Messiah should be here, he should be here. There's these signs that things are happening. And I feel like we're in a time in a society where, feels like some of these things are happening. There will yeah. be wars and rumors of war. There will be uh, fear in the hearts of men and, I mean, worldwide terrorism. I mean, what more do you want to say? We're at, we've got to be at that point of, like, a tipping point of where we can't, as a society, bring it back around. I, and I'll continue to pray that we can. Sure. Amen. But it almost feels like, as, as with the, them waiting for the Messiah, the disciples we just talked about, it almost feels like right now, are, aren't we, are we watching? Are we watching these signs? Are we waiting for the Messiah? And are we living our lives knowing that any time, you know, I read this to my kids, and I go, what do you think they're saying in this? And they said, I guess people are just doing their normal stuff, Mom. I'm like, yeah, they are. Right. We're just going to be doing normal stuff, and we don't know the hour, but we're told to be watchful. Come, yeah. He comes as a thief in the night. Uh, and this is a consistent teaching throughout the New Testament. Uh, one way is to, to long for heaven. Another way is to be looking, you know, for the second coming and such. Uh, this is a foundational teaching of Christ. 
uh, and in my life and in too many of our lives, it's not a practice in our lives. I, and I think that yeah. was the conviction that I right. felt this week, and that's why I presented it as a topic, because I think, you know, I'm just busy going about, I'm going to work, and I, I'm coming to church, I'm getting the kids fed and clothed, and, you know, getting here, getting there, and just yeah. going about life, and, and I'm not thinking, be watchful. And, and how would you think of the people that you work with every day, that you see all the time? And I work with a lot of people that are great people, and I love them. Sure. But they're good people are still going to go to hell. Sure. Right. And I don't want us to be working, doing our normal thing, and I'm gone, and they're here. I don't live, well, I don't live day in and day out thinking like that. And, and how would it be different yeah. if we did? Well, in my fear, I know I'm saved, but it's still a fear, is I'm working and I see... And, you know, it's like, so how far have I fallen short? It, that's why I texted that one thing. I have a buddy, and I don't, he's really, he doesn't speak like a Christian. He doesn't act like a Christian. But we'll be getting into, like, an argument or work over something petty, and he'll be like, is this where you want to be when Jesus shows up? Is this what you want to be doing, you know? And it's such a simple statement, but he's sure. right. right. We could be bickering about something, and bam, right then it happens, you right. know? Yeah, I, I truly do not believe we have his eye on us all the time. It is, but I don't think we act that way. So, so what is that? What we're talking about, getting to that point, is discipleship. That's what it is. This is one of those Christian principles that we should be taught and should teach. So how do we do this? Uh, discipleship is another word for discipline. We will never live with this thought in mind until we discipline ourselves to do so. And, that, and that's what you're talking about. One way I teach this and try to apply it to my life, and I struggle with that, is through the 10 million year perspective. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that before. Uh, of course, this puts more emphasis on the finished product than it does the coming of Christ and the imminence of it, but it is the closest thing I've come to so far in my journey. If we cut through all the trappings of this life, the lure, the lust, the captivating of this creation for our allegiance, our devotion, and look at what this life truly was meant to be, and can it be summed up into two words? In other words, what did Christ envision this life for us and him to be? A love affair. Uh, that's what he's envisioned. With who? Jesus. So what is separating us? This physical life is the only thing that's separating us from Christ right now. So why stay separated? The second love of our lives is others. You know, we've said, how many times have we said it on this radio program that you can sum the entire Bible up into love God, love others. In 10 million years, the only reality that will matter besides your love relationship with Christ is your loved ones and the ones you were used to win to Christ. They are your reason for staying. He is your reason for leaving. And when you leave is his decision. And that, that just, as I was thinking about that this morning, that's what you know, came to me. So as you can see, when we train ourselves with this truth, looking for his coming will be a natural experience. So if in 10 million years the only thing that's going to matter is who I've won to Christ and whether I'm a believer, then that should be the lion's share of my day. That should be the lion's share of our life. Amen. And, and, it, and that only that's comes a, through discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline, and, and it, it wouldn't hurt to have like a little flashcard of priorities. You bet. Just, just a reset on your priorities. You bet. Um, so when when mom died, I got this had this crisis of of belief and in, in, in my life here. We all not, had the crisis, Gavin. Not just you scared. Was me it to that death. bad? You scared <laughs> me to bad. death. Go ahead. Knocked me off of right. kilter and 
not just when Christ comes back, but when my time comes. So what do I want to have done? It suddenly became a, a realignment of priorities and the things that I thought, you know, I'm going to do that someday, came right to the forefront. First one was... I better get it done now. <laughs> because mom literally found out she had cancer on uh, Labor Day, died a month later. You, 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 don't, you just don't know. Days. It was breathtaking with how fast everything happened. That put a shockwave in my life. You, I've got to prioritize things, and I've got to have the things done that I feel like God has me here to do so that when my time comes or when he comes back, it's, you know, okay, I'm done. And I don't want to be caught in the, the um, same kind of setting as the, have you ever seen The Bridge on the River Kwai, the movie? I, I talk about that a lot because there's a lot of philosophical things there. The Bridge on the River Kwai. Randy, you've seen that one probably. Um, he lived it. What are you talking about? <clears throat> yeah, well, we were there. Um, that's not that lame movie with Clint Eastwood, is it? No, that no, that's uh, <laughs> some riches. Of that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it sounded like a romance. D- different aisles. It sounded movie. like a romance. <laughs> it's one of the uh, movies that the guy that plays Obi Wan Kenobi was became famous for the Bridge on the River Choir because he's the the uh, commander of the prisoner of war camp, and he basically brings the Japanese prison warden to his knees and in a glorifying way, a, a glorious way. And then he starts, they finally bring the Japanese on board with doing it the right way. And then he starts building this bridge for the Japanese and he gets so caught up in doing this the right way and making this wonderful bridge, he forgets that he's working for the enemy. I don't want to be caught in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they, the a guy escapes from this prison camp and comes back to blow the bridge up to prevent the Japanese from finishing this bridge. And then he sees the, the dynamite and he tries to stop it from being blown up and realizes what he's doing at the last minute and then blows it up. Yeah, spoiler alert. He oh. blows up the bridge oh, himself. So, so those, yeah, that's not the kind of situation I'm going to find myself in. I want to be making sure that I'm doing the right thing for the right reason. Amen. And Amen. when my time comes... There's nothing left to do. Is oh wait a minute, Lord, let me get this done before I go home. So, amen. There was a lot of shockwave there. That uh, all started with mom passed away. You don't have a guaranteed amount of time. You no. don't have a guaranteed um, age that you're going to reach. Uh, you know, death comes when God sends it. Be ready. Tony, it doesn't have to be a scary thing either. That's right. Uh, when Tony started with his diagnosis, they told him. Uh, don't eat chips, don't eat Doritos, things of that nature. And he's like, why? And they're like, because one of those chips, because his esophageal varices were bulging. And he said, if a Dorito chip clips one of those, you'll have what's called a torrential bleed. Yeah, I've seen that. And you've got a minute and a half, you know, type thing, if even. And that's exactly what, it's exactly what took him, you know. And so he, he went from, driving, riding with his wife to go pick up his son to die. Hmm. You, you don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. And so I, I, I agree. So live your life so that that's not a, it, one, it's not tr- completely tragic Well, what a way loss. to go, man. Doritos, those are awesome. <laughs> and there's nothing left to do. So right. live like there's nothing right. left Amen. to do. So. Well, and I was reading this, and it made me think back to when I was a kid, and um, I would hear my parents talk about the rapture and the end of times, and that made me terrified, scared. Um, and as an adult now, and I'm like, and it should, and it should when you when you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, well more for Go people ahead. that more for um, 
now, as a kid, I'm like, well, gosh, that's scary. I don't, right. I don't want to leave my family. I love my, and you don't understand right. all of those things. But um, as an adult now, that I understand where I'm at in my faith, what scares me is all the people I know that I've come in contact with that are close to me that don't have faith. And I'm like, the time can't be, it can't be this near. There's too much work to do. And that changes my perspective of little petty things like, uh, oh, my son, what if he doesn't make the baseball team? Oh, who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. You know, there's things that it's like, it, it's that 10 million years perspective. perspective. Well, and then you can't beat yourself up for, we might not see that salvation. But, you know, that's one thing with the rapture. God's going to give people a second chance. So that those talks you have with those people, they... No oh, doubt. Tara was right, or, or Ben was right. Man, it oh, wow. seems like all the Christians you know? are gone. I don't know, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so that gives me a little more confidence to at least talk to them. You know, and there's those rare cases. Well, you're you planting know. seeds. Yes. You're, you're planting seeds. Right. And uh, uh, shameless plug for super hot peppers. They don't all germinate at the same time. It takes up to eight weeks to germinate some of those peppers. That's ridiculous, <laughs> but it does. And so sometimes it seems ridiculous that this person's taking so long. I, I literally have people that I've prayed for for 40 years, and, and I think that that's right. I think that that's what we should do. Uh, and, and so, and it just takes that conversation. I will go back to my 82-year-old grandpa. Right. Lived his whole life with all that guilt. We got the call that he was dying. We went to his home, and he accepted the Lord that night. Mm -hmm. But they gave him two weeks, and then he lived three more years. And you know, Grandpa sorry. called the next day and said, what did you do to him? <laughs> I said, it wasn't me, Grandpa. So. <laughs> He's ready to go. Well, and I think this does make you, if you live in a perspective of let's be watchful, be watchful, that no one knows the time. Uh, I feel like it makes you less fearful to share your faith. It makes, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the awkward, what is, what you're saying, awkward is awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'll be awesome. awkward. Let's, let's just be awkward. Who cares? It's, it's worth it. And when one of the things, too, I mean, ask the question, may I ask you a personal question? And if they say yes, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's game. You're ready to go. If they say, eh, then you respect that and you move on. And it's no big deal, you know, type thing. And then you just live it. That, yeah, that's that, exactly right. Yeah. Well, and I um, just listened to somebody's testimony today, actually, and uh, this person had really gone to church um, when they were younger until they were a teenager, and then they um, were just really super out of control and just, you know, lived lived to the nth degree that the world offers through high school and college, and um, and through that time had started going to church, and he's like, I heard about Jesus. I knew, I, I knew a lot about Jesus. I actually liked to hear, I'd be at, I'd be church Sunday morning. I'd sing in the choir. I I would do it all, but I didn't know Jesus. Right. And it took years mm. for him to come to Christ. And he's like, but when it happened, it happened, and Amen. I never turned back. Amen. So. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, would you rather? I got one. I gotta find it. And we'll turn Gavin's. Oh, would you rather? So there's so this, there, this guy is not the next guy. Nope, no, not him. Is it? No. Still not having. <laughs> you not the... Are you sure it's not the same guy? You sure that's I'm not sure you, Gavin? Not. Maybe you're confused. I thought it was a picture of Gavin. I thought, well, <laughs> Gavin looked really good at the Valentine banquet, and I wasn't there to see it. I guess. Oh, he he did look good. He yeah. he did. I didn't have a. And, it, and his wife yeah. looked better. Yeah. You, you got to see them both. No, that was fun. Uh, so he's gonna resend that to you, Brad. Uh, would you rather, now this comes from, as you all know, 
the, the preacher's got to lose weight. And so for four or six weeks now, the, the wife and I have been going to the gym. We're actually lose, using that little card that I've had for two years. Uh, would you rather exercise to death hmm. on a treadmill, a bicycle, an elliptical, or bench press? Oh, bench press. I, bench like, press. I like weights now. I'm over it. I, I may never get on a treadmill again. I'm so burned <laughs> out on those things. I want whatever's going to do it quickest. Yeah. So you know what so the cardiologist will say? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A cardiologist have said one of them, and he was like, "Well, you know all that running you're doing, it's just going to prepare you for your first heart attack." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, I'll survive it, yeah, I guess." That's Maybe. right. <laughs> yeah, bench press. Oh, bench yeah. press. Bench press. Yeah, because like if you did it on a treadmill, so it's going to ball you up, and it's going to skin you. Spit you out. Oh, oh man, terrible. I remember that in college, they had all these treadmills lined up. People would be running every time somebody would go off the bat. I mean, you could put money on it. Somebody was falling off of that thing. Those were my best childhood memories. Me and my buddy went down in his mom's basement. We were like five or six, and they had a treadmill. We'd prop it up with cinder blocks, and we'd sit on it. Beep, and it'd shoot us off into like a mattress. That's brilliant. It was awesome. Yeah. That is brilliant, Tom. That's brilliant. Uh, so would you rather shop Amazon or brick-and-mortar mall? Ooh, oh, Amazon. I hate to admit it, but I don't. Brick I don't. Mortar, I don't do the malls anymore. Amazon for sure. It's all Good there. Goodwill is it on Amazon? Yeah, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I bet you. you never know. No, it might. Kind of like eBay or don't Craigslist. Uh, so Amazon, it's like uh, like Christmas because you don't really know what it's going to look like <laughs> when you get back. If you open it up, no. did I order this? This doesn't look what I ordered. I would rather do brick and mortar. I love you know going through this stuff and looking at it. Yeah. I hate getting a terrible a surprise. If you order maybe. something and it's not what you want, there's no worse feeling. It's like yeah, I paid what for what. It is I've got to go to the post office now yeah. and get right. all that back. Well, no, then, I love it. I love Amazon. It's the best thing that ever happened. Well, to then me. I got a mailman that <laughs> just. Besides Jesus, sorry, let's yeah. make a spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> Good save yeah. there, Terrence. Yeah. Yeah. Good save. Good thing your parents ain't here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, too, you know, busy working, shop, you know, you have to get Christmas presents and. I don't know about at your house, but at our house, I'm responsible for about 98.5% of the presents under the tree have to go via me, so I am heavily reliant on it, and I think it's great. I don't have a would you rather, I guess. Do you not? I don't know. How about would you rather do the Easter walk in like 100 degree heat and humidity no or in like 30. 20 degree ice and snow? 20. So I like to think it would maybe get yeah. canceled on either one of those spectrums, but let's just say we're hardcore. Would you I'm rather calling in not, sick on either one of them. Would you rather not say that, please? <laughs> either one. <laughs> and here's we'd like to remind you all to pray for the weather for the yeah, Easter walk. Yeah, pray for the weather. In Amen. the past, I really said more about the Easter walk coming up, and maybe we'll do an Easter walk segment. Absolutely. So people understand uh, where we're coming from, what we need, what we should be doing. But number one thing to do right now and every day leading up to is to pray um, for the people that need to come, Salvation. for the people that are in it, um, yeah. for lives mm -hmm. to be saved, for for the weather, for safety. For There's a lot. It and just, advertise. Word of <laughs> yeah. mouth. Word, yeah. April the 12th, 13th, and 14th. And, and I will, uh, you know, uh, Brother David did a wonderful job. And, and I try to admit to the people that me and God talk a lot about the Easter walk, keep me up late nights, but he's still showing things. It's amazing. There was some, some stuff that was troubling me up in the corner, and the other night at 1130, Lindsay sees me sit up, and I'm writing down. She's like, what? Like, I figured out the play within a play, and it's, he's, he's still giving, so he's cool. still building. I pray every night. You build it. Cool. Amen. That's awesome. And he is. It, yes. If you haven't driven up in the lot and seen the, the coming temple, 
do that. It's pretty cool. And my husband actually, I guess he dropped something off for yeah, you. Lumber, yeah. And I was at work. I got a text and it said, you are going to freak out when you see <laughs> the Easter wall. So well, I don't know what you did, but it must have been uh, awesome. Well, while we're here with the audience that's in here and anybody who's listening, um, we have a three-day weekend coming up. A lot of people do on Monday. So it, weather permitting, I'm going to live up here. Saturday and Monday. So it's a little throw it out there. If anybody feels froggy, come on up. What will they be doing, Tom? All sorts of things. Okay. Um, you know, pretty much putting up some fences, moving piles of old lumber, simple things. You don't sure. have to be a, you know, an engineer to come up here on Saturday, but we, there's plenty to do and we can find it. Oh, thank you. We need two people with dump trailers to pick up mulch. It okay. is that time, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, Brother Todd said something, so if anybody heard that, we'll be calling out did we get it there he is wow it's not this guy wow that's yep that's good that's awesome look at the chest hair i really i missed it like i say for 14 dollars on amazon you You don't ever know what you can get you can have chest hair who could knock amazon if all that came from one that's great i'm saying what was it (laughs) i said who who could knock amazon they nailed it we need to put that other guy up you guys do look a lot alike yeah that's pretty good he walked in look at that I'm, I'm just a little bit taller. And wasn't did it wasn't it Daryl that pointed that out? I think was it was Todd. Todd. Todd Walter did so? Did you win the costume? Oh, hands God. down. Hands was there down. even a close second? You should have seen Mama Gutter. Your daughter yeah. must be so well, proud. Well, there there was a close second. Honorable mention: <laughs> Betty Carroll and Dale. Yeah, oh, they lo- but they loved it. Yeah, we it said, you look great. He said, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they just pulled it straight out the closet. Yeah, yeah they didn't have to go to the back of the closet. Right. They didn't have to go to Amazon, did they? Oh, funny. All right. So I heard a preacher say this week, and it became a topic. Uh, so the writer of the Jungle Book, Kipling, he had a the Law of the Jungle. It was actually the Law of the Wolf, but in the Disney version, it was the Law of the Jungle. So that's what I'm going to roll with. But he said, uh, "The strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is the wolf." And this preacher used that to say, "The strength of the Christian is the church, and the strength of the church is the Christian." What are your thoughts on that? You agree? Disagree? Well, so uh, go ahead. You want to weigh in, Tom? Uh, I, I'm hoping we say the same thing. The f- my first thought of That's that. That's always what I hope. He's the yeah. preacher. <laughs> uh, my first thought of that was it's a great bumper sticker. Sure. But I think it is a lot, lot deeper than that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what I got here in my notes is I just, I'm okay with this, but it's not what the truth is necessarily. It's not what the Bible says, but let me explain why I'm okay with the statement. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is to be destroyed for tripping over someone's landmine sleeping dog. I used to refer to the church and I'd say my church. And some well-meaning biblical spiritual, spiritual guy would say, <laughs> it's not your church, brother, it's the Lord's. And I wanted to say, dude, <laughs> I know. We Captain always Obvious, nice to meet you. <laughs> we always have to caveat that. Yeah. I do that every time. Already on the Easter walk, I need the, I don't need this. The Easter right, walk needs right, it. You know? That's right. And so anymore, I just will say, the Lord's church that I pastor, okay, but I do appreciate it when people will give you some space. So I believe that this guy, uh, you know, I, in other words, I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying that. But, but what I want to do is, you know, not knowing the context of the sermon, not knowing the groundwork that he laid before he said this statement, I can see why someone would say this. Because I believe that you can make the summation after the proper biblical groundwork is laid that, yes, the strength of the Christian is the church and the strength of the church is the Christian. But how do we get here? You know, what is the church? 
That's where I was at. Church yeah. is a local, visible, physical representation of Jesus Christ. Who is the church? Called out believers. What's the purpose of the church? To represent Christ through local believers to the local community. Who is the cornerstone of the church? Christ. What cornerstone of society does the church uphold? But if I tarry long, the Bible says, that thou mayest know how men ought to behave themselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So what is the church? The church is the pillar and the ground. It's the pedestal of the truth. And so, you know, with all those things understood, putting it in the proper context, I do believe you can get to where you say the strength of the church is the Christian and the strength of the Christian is the church. Understanding, however, that the true, if you will, strength of the church is Christ. Right. Christ is the cornerstone, you know. Uh, but, but what is Christ's purpose? And, and truly, who is the church? The church is local people, you know, in that area living Christ to the community. And we kind of talked, uh, my husband and I, on Sunday, he said something about, we were talking about Christians, and he's like, well, yeah, I know a lot of Christians, but I know a lot of people that will say, well, I don't want to go to church because of, you know, all the hypocrites, to which you always are welcome, you know, come, come on, on in, in, the water's fine. The water's fine, I love that. Um, but I wish I could have said that be, to him if I would have had that. I would have been like, well, the strength <laughs> of the Christian is the church. Like, if you're, you, you need a body. You need right. a local body. Right. That's and exactly that, to right. me, felt like a really easy like something to say, like so for people that are Christians, and I believe there are Christians, and they don't, for whatever reason, past hurt, or the, just the devil's got them where they want them, or there, there's issues with attending a church, well, and, and so you find strength in the church as right. So, it, when think about it, if if the church is full of people that live like the devil, is that a strong church? Well, no. And that's where I was going. I was looking at the strength of the church is how obedient to the Holy Spirit right. they are. I can take you to a 5,000-person strong church. That's a strong church. But what are they for? Right. And it made me think, like, what are our strengths? And I think, like, one of our biggest strengths is youth. Sure. You know, so I think there's different avenues of strength. But, you know, if, if you want to consider strength of a church, the Roman Catholic Church is the strongest church on earth. You know, it's the richest you know, but could you take a little bitty church in Richwoods? It could be the strongest church on earth. You know, if they're soul winning and <coughs> baptizing. And right. There, there was a church in, um, back, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Experiencing God study by Henry Blackaby, but uh, he pastored uh, some small churches in Canada. And the smallest church in Canada uh, that he was a part of in the association was 17. Uh, but that church of 17 people planted several other churches. Strong church. Right. Strong church. Because, you know, the church was strong because of them, and they were strong because of the church. You know, and who's the church? The church is Jesus Christ and, and local representation. So keeping everything in uh, context, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about Jesus is the head of the body. I mean, think Correct. about the church as the Correct. head of the body. And we are his hands and feet. With I think that we made that statement that we're his hands and feet. It right. should be the hands that take the hand of someone else and bring them to church or, or help them in whatever they're facing, whatever their needs may be. It's, our, it's us, the hands and the feet. But ultimately, ultimately, if you want them to come to a conversion experience, you ultimately want them to see his face. You actually don't want to be getting in the way of, of them getting a eye-to-eye -eye, um, interaction with the Lord of the, the, the universe. So th there's some balance that has to go. And I think people that come to a church see that, you know, if you in your proper place are serving God and serving others, 
and then you get out of the way with an expectation that Christ is wooing that person to himself. There, there's some real spiritual um, life that or sparks that happen there, and I think either they ultimately don't come back or, or they convert. Right. Um, so it's too, too unnerving. Because they have a free will. They can reject and, <clears throat> and walk away. And that's really our job is just to get them to that face-to-face meeting. And, and I'm guilty of doing too much, trying, trying to be Jesus' hands, his feet, his, his ears, you know. Uh, and and I, I feel like the, the hand that's afflicted with uh, uh, Tourette's syndrome, you know, just getting in the way and uh, trying to do everything. When Really, I just need to, my job is just to say, Come and see. Like Philip, yeah. just come and see. I'm not going to yeah. complicate this. Just, yeah. just pull the come, curtain. Check it out for yourself. Pull the curtain. Amen. That, Amen. And not a shameless plug. That is what is so <coughs> wonderful about our biggest outreach with the Easter Walk. Yeah. Put them in a car. Don't even talk about Jesus. That's right. Put them in a car. Bring up here. Say, check out this. Come walk. and see. I, I tell these non non Christian non church guys that just aren't going to come. I say, come check out the camel, man. He eats a lot of bread. Because <laughs> I'm confident. That God uh, is they spit. It's not they good. a lot of bread. This one don't. It's pretty <laughs> this good. This one doesn't spit. His llama buddy does a little bit. <laughs> but no, but that's the thing is I, I'm confident that if you can just introduce them, God's going to take charge. Amen. All right. So along those lines, you know, we, we got that. that uh, come to me. We got that. Bible. No. No. We've got that piece of iron in the forge right now. Right. And it's, it's hot. We, we need to strike. Okay. If you come to church. On Sunday morning, Sunday night, and you don't ask God to move. You're just coming to church. Wow. It's my humble opinion. This morning, as I was doing these notes, I'm asking God, do something tonight. Amen. Don't let this just be for people talking. Right. Move. You know, we, like, we use the word woo, you know. Like a such. clanging gong or something. That's, that's right. That's right. We're not so, trying to convert people to a radio show. No. no. We're no. trying to convert it, people. If God doesn't show up. Amen. You know, that's not, what I was trying to say the right, whole, whole time. No, you we said want, it. We want that uh, them ultimately to have a love relationship with Jesus Christ and us just to be part of the body that embraces that. And without that expectation, without coming with that expectation, we try sometimes to be everything, and we're not supposed to be. Well, and too, when I heard this, I, I thought to my, about myself and my own walk, the strength of the church is the Christian. We are what people see about church. Yeah. And... How are we acting? And we say this all the time. But for me personally, like, I don't want to be a reason somebody doesn't come to church. Like, boy, she's moody. Uh, or, boy, she... Fill in the blank. Drama. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, or it's just not friendly. Like, I'm, I'm good about burying my head. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm going to explode if somebody asks me anything else. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, uh, just being real. But I don't want my activities or things I say or how I present myself to be... Um, that makes this body weak. I want to Amen. present um, this church body um, as somebody that I love the Lord. I love people. Yeah. I want to see people's lives change. Uh, it's, again, convicting when, you, when you're... Right. I think I've shared this before, but it, but it absolutely fits here. If you've never read the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, it's one of the best reads you'll ever experience. I do not necessarily agree 100% theologically with Jim Cimbala and the... Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, but they preach Jesus, they love Jesus, they're winning hundreds, if not thousands, of people to Christ. So I, I support them in that, obviously. Uh, with that said, he they that church was in the twenties when he went there, and he got sick, 
and he went to Florida to get away from the bad Chicago, no, uh, New York uh, smog and the such. And while he was uh, in Florida, he took a charter fishing boat, basically got deathly sick on, you know, the ocean, seasick. And so while he's there just losing everything, he says, God, what are you trying to tell me? And God basically spoke to him in his heart and said, as prayer goes, my church will go. When you go back, you lead them in prayer, and you don't do anything type thing except lead them in prayer. I mean, obviously preach on Sunday morning, Sunday night, but they, so they started a Tuesday night prayer uh, <clears throat> study. All that to say this. Ten years later, they're filling a 1,600-seat auditorium four to five times on a Sunday. Maybe 20 years later, but it, it was amazing, the growth, from 20 to that. And on his fourth service one Sunday, this homeless man, this is New York, homeless man walks up, and he said you could smell him before he got there. Just a true story. And he reaches into his pocket to get a $20 bill because he'd been through this song and dance before. And as he goes to pull out the money, the homeless man said, I don't want that. And he said, I, I want to know, is that Jesus that you've preached about, is, is he real? Because if he is, I, I need him. And it was at that moment that he realized that he had allowed himself to get caught up into just, just doing church, doing work, you know. And, and, and God said, hug him. And he hugged him. And then he said, breathe in. And he breathed in, and that's when the Holy Spirit said, I died for that. I died for that. And, and it found, I mean, you know, you would think a church that's having four services of 1,600-seat auditorium, they're doing pretty good. There was a lot of room for improvement yeah. for Jim Simbler. You look at their strength, that's they right. still had improvement. That's right. And so, guys, you know, that, that's where we're at. We, and, and, you know, I'll tell people, anybody that'll listen, we have a measure of health here at Bethel. I believe that. But I don't believe that we're as healthy as we can be, should be, need to be. And, and, and boy, is there room for improvement. And I think one of the biggest rooms of improvement is what we're talking about here, asking God to show up. Yeah. Amen. Asking God to, you know, I, I ain't near the preacher <laughs> that I am when God shows up. Pastor, if you follow what I'm saying. Pastor Brad says it all the time. Yeah. Give me a burden for the lost. That's it. That's it. Amen. All Good right. stuff. That's all we have. If you texted in and I didn't read it or respond, it's because my cell phone is likely next to a box of live cereal on my counter. <laughs> but, um, in a Bethel mug. In, in a Bethel mug. That's in the story. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. Love we have more to talk about. Thanks yeah. for coming.